0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church. And today we're going to talk about how to walk in the light. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather walk outside at noon or at midnight without any light? Well, of course we'd all rather take a walk in the light of noonday rather than in total darkness for for obvious reasons. In darkness you can't see anything, you stumble over things. Or you may not notice something evil or dangerous hidden in the shadows. The Bible speaks of light and darkness as representing two kingdoms in this world. The domain of darkness is ruled by Satan, the prince of darkness. The kingdom of light is ruled by God who dwells in inapproachable light. And these two realms are at war with one another. But the final outcome has already been determined. When light meets darkness, which one always wins? Well, well, light always wins. Light dispels the darkness. Every person on earth is walking either in spiritual light or spiritual darkness. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And so the inheritance of saints or believers is in God's kingdom of light. Once we were all living in the domain of darkness because of sin, but God has delivered us from that dark domain and transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus, which is full of light. Now, when people are separated from God who dwells in light, they they live in spiritual darkness. Darkness is a place of sin. It's a place of danger, deception, sorrow, sadness. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so when Jesus came into this world, the light of Jesus pierced our dark world. And when a person chooses to follow Jesus, he gives to them the light of life. But those in darkness not only are walking in darkness, they spread darkness by their very nature. They can't see the light. Second Corinthians 4, four says the God of this world, that is Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so those who are unbelievers cannot see the light even when it is right in front of them because Satan has blinded their spiritual eyes. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that their eyes can be healed, that their eyes can be opened so that they can see the light of Jesus. Today we're going to talk about how we can walk in the light and how we can push back the darkness that is all around us. We're going to learn to push back the darkness in our culture, in our own lives, and in our relationships. Not only are we to walk in the light, but God will help us to become the light of the world as Jesus' light shines through us. So let's see how we can overcome darkness with light. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5 today, beginning in verse 8. It says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Now this letter of Ephesians was written to the believers, the church, in Ephesus. And it's interesting that these verses begin by saying not at one time you walked in darkness, but at one time you were darkness. And so unbelievers not only walk in darkness, but they are darkness, and they spread that darkness. On the other hand, believers are light in the Lord, and so they should walk as children of light. The evidence that a... A person is light, and in the light is that their actions are good, their actions are right, their actions are true. Now, is it possible for a believer in the light to slip back into the darkness? Well, absolutely. That's why the scripture commands believers to walk in the light. We're tempted to walk in the darkness. Ephesians 5 verse 11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So God's word here is instructing us, if you're a believer here today, that we as believers are not to have anything to do with the works of darkness. What are the works of darkness? Well, simply sinful actions, sinful attitudes. When we walk in the light, on the other hand, we sow seeds of godly fruit that are going to bear a great harvest but if we fall back into the works of darkness it it bears no fruit for God now rather than taking part in the sins of darkness we are to expose them how do we expose the works of darkness well the sad fact is that many people who are walking in the darkness do not even realize that what they are doing is wrong in Jesus preaching and the preaching of the early church the first instruction to unbelievers was to repent. In order to repent, to turn away from their sin, they must understand what sin is in their lives. And so the purpose of exposing sin is is to allow the Spirit to convict a person of sin and for repentance to follow. Exposing sin is not judging, it's simply communicating the truth of what God's Word says. The next verses tell us what happens when the the works of darkness are exposed. Ephesians 5 verse 13 says, When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. And so darkness is exposed by shining the light of God's truth, of God's word on it. And those who are in darkness have two possible responses. The first is they'll run away from the light. They'll seek to cover up their dark deeds. But the second is that they will allow the darkness to be exposed, repent, and be transformed by the light of Christ. The light of God has the power to overcome darkness. Now, we do live in a dark society, but I believe it may not be as dark as we may think. The problem is that a lot of believers are hiding their light, seeking to to fit in with the darkness rather than letting their light shine forth and expose the darkness we must remember that God's light is more powerful than any darkness we must stand for the light of God's Word even when the darkness says otherwise we do that in our relationships with others in every area of our lives wrong actions in the darkness are always based on wrong dark thoughts and when we talk to someone or we hear someone saying something that is contrary to God's word, we, we first must understand that that is darkness. And then we must ask for the Spirit's help to shine the light and the truth of God's word into the other person's heart with love. Of course, it's, it's easier simply to hide our light and to say nothing. And yet we are light. As believers, we must choose to let our light shine. And we let our light shine because first of all, we, we love God. And we want to obey him. And secondly, we love the people that we are relating to. And so we let our light shine into the lives of people who are unbelievers. And even those who are believers but are slipping into dark thoughts or, or dark actions. When more and more believers let their light shine in our city, our country, the darkness will be exposed. And when the darkness is exposed, the stage is set for revival to happen. Revival in our individual lives, in our city, and in our nation. We overcome darkness with the light. Now those who walk in the light, walk in the spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And so we are to walk in the light, But what does that mean? Well, this verse tells us that we are to walk in wisdom, making wise use of our time. Now, one of the biggest temptations today is to simply waste time on things of no value. Sometimes we think, well, if it's not bad, it's okay. But the days are evil, the times are dark, and so we must use our time, our gift from God, our lives, to let our lights shine. If we simply waste time doing the things we want to do we are not walking wisely God desires for us to use our time on earth to shine our light into the darkness we are to understand what God's will for our lives is and that is to let our light shine Paul gives us an example in the next verse verse 18 he says and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with With the Spirit. And when a person is drunk, they are not in complete control of their actions or even their thoughts. Debauchery is extreme indulgence in bodily pleasure. And God desires for us not to be filled with any intoxicating substance. Rather, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these two are mutually exclusive. If you are drunk with wine, you're not going to be filled with the Spirit. And if you're filled with the Spirit, you're not going to get drunk with wine. To be filled with the Spirit will allow us, will help us, will guide us to walk wisely. To be filled with the Spirit will help us to make the best use of our time. As we're filled with the Spirit, He will show us how to walk in the light. So how can we be filled with the Spirit? Well, first of all, the Greek language here is not speaking of a one-time event, but of continually being filled with the Spirit. To be filled with one thing means we have to be Emptied of everything else. And so in this verse, it gives an example of being emptied of drunkenness or wine in order to be filled with the Spirit. In order to be continually Spirit filled, we must turn away from every dark sin in our lives and replace them with the Spirit of God. The next verse here, we don't have time to read, speaks of singing to the Lord in worship as one way to be filled and to express. Our worship to the Lord verse 20 says giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and so this verse shows us both a cause and effect of being spirit-filled as we learn to give thanks not just in good circumstances but in every circumstance not just in happy occasions but on every occasion we open the door for the Spirit to fill us. So what's the opposite of giving thanks? Well, it's it's grumbling, it's complaining, it's worrying, it's being fearful, it's being angry, and, and the list of sins could go on and on. When we're filled with those kind of things, I guarantee you we're not filled with the Spirit. But when we fill our hearts, our minds, our mouths with thanksgiving, no matter what's going on around us, we make no room for those other dark thoughts. And words to fill us God wants us to increasingly walk in the spirit now in order to overcome darkness with light we must learn to walk in the spirit which means to be filled with the spirit now let's think about this concept a a little more deeply if you have a glass filled with water and you want to fill it with milk Uh, you can't do that unless you first pour out the water, because the glass is already full of something. Some things we know we need to stay away from, like the drunkenness that was spoken of in the verse we looked at. But drunkenness is just an example, and it, it points to anything other than the Spirit that we could be filled with. The first instruction in this section of verses is to make the best use of our time. You see, being filled with the Spirit has to do with How we use our time. How we use our time is how we fill our days that God has given to us in our lives. To be filled with the Spirit is to use your time to do the things the Spirit is telling you to do. Not just on Sundays, not just in a quiet time you've set aside for God, but but each hour and every day of your life. Are you desiring to use every moment to seek God's kingdom first? And as we eliminate empty use of our time, God will show us how to use our time for him. The Spirit can fill us to do our jobs for him, to enjoy our families for him, to serve others for him, to pray continually, to give thanks always, and on and on. And as we do that, we're going to grow in walking in the Spirit and letting our lights shine. In the next section, we're going to learn how to walk in the light in our relationships. We're going to speak about cultivating a godly marriage. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. And so this section is going to show us how walking in the light will impact our marriages specifically and be an example of how it can impact our relationships in general. God's Word teaches us that, contrary to society's definition, marriage is between one man and one woman and is meant to be for life. A godly marriage is a marriage between two believers in Jesus Christ. According to God's word, sex is designed to be used only within a marriage. Now let's look at how a godly marriage can be cultivated to achieve God's purpose. Wives are to submit to their husbands as the spiritual leader of their marriage and family. Now, in this whole section, a godly marriage is to be modeled after Christ's love for the church. Christ represents the husband, and the church represents the wife. And we must note that in In verse 21 before the verse we just read it says all believers are to submit to one another to submit means to yield one's own rights for the sake of the other person next we're going to see how the husbands are to cultivate a godly marriage in verse 25 it says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and so husbands are to love their wives as Jesus loved the church. And how did he do it? By dying on the cross. And so a husband is to show his love for his wife in a way that involves dying to his own desires to bring his wife into the fullness of God's purpose. A godly marriage is cultivated by each spouse walking in the Spirit and showing God's love for one another. Now the Greek word for love used in this verse about the husband is is agape agape love is god's unconditional love there's a different word for conditional love in the greek language jesus died for the church when we were his enemies showing us agape love he unconditionally laid down his life for us and so a husband is to lay his wife his life down for his wife with agape love In the same way, the wife is to submit to her husband's spiritual direction with agape love. The passage concludes in verse 33. It says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so this verse summarizes how to walk in light in a godly marriage. The husband is to love his wife as himself. And that means he doesn't seek to please himself over her, but seeks to please her first and foremost. The wife must respect her husband's role in the family as a spiritual leader, follow his direction. And of course, the husband must be that godly spiritual leader of the family. Walking in the light is showing love in a godly marriage. Now, living in agape love in a godly marriage is is vitally important. First of all, the marriage itself is a demonstration, an example of God's love. A couple that cultivates a godly marriage will have a lifelong marriage, which is God's will. A lifelong godly marriage will raise godly children, who will in turn cultivate godly marriages. A godly marriage seeking to fulfill God's purpose will be a godly influence or light in the church and in the world. Marriage is one of the essential building blocks of a stable, God-fearing nation. And that is one of the reasons that marriage is under attack in so many ways. If Satan can cause the destruction of godly marriages, it will bring about increasing darkness into our country. A godly marriage is one of the best ways to let our light shine in a dark world. Jesus is the light of the world, and he came to bring his light into our lives as believers his light is meant to shine through us and not be covered up as we walk in the light god helps us to overcome darkness with his light we are not to hide our lights but to expose the darkness to light light will always dispel the darkness we need not fear the darkness to walk in the light is to walk in the spirit of god And as we empty ourselves of any darkness, we prepare ourselves to be filled with the Spirit continuously. God desires for us to walk in the light in all of our relationships. Ask God to help you to cultivate godly relationships in your life with His love. Don't hide your light because of the darkness around and and seek to blend in. Let your light shine for all to see as you walk in the light. This morning I want to give everyone listening an opportunity to repent, to become a follower of Jesus, to walk in the light. If you've never committed your life to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and and be born again into the kingdom of light. Perhaps you've made a decision in the past, but you've wandered away into the shadows, into the darkness, and today you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. To do that, There's three steps. First of all, you admit that you've sinned. You repent. You turn away from that sin. Secondly, you believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead. And you believe in him. And finally, you commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let's pray together. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I have not been walking in the light. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven he rose from the dead he's alive today and I believe in him and commit myself to following him as my Lord and Savior I commit myself to walking in the light and let's pray as well father we thank you for your word this morning to us about the difference between darkness and light and we thank you God that as believers Your light has shone into our lives. And now we have the opportunity to let that light shine into a dark world. We thank you that not only did you bring your light into into this dark world, but your light now shines within us to those around us. We pray, God, that that light would dispel the darkness, that we would be bold, courageous, to let our light shine and expose the dark deeds that are around us. Not to judge people, but to draw people to yourself, to call people to repentance of their sins, of their dark deeds, so that they might also become children of light. God, the only way for us to do that is to walk in the Spirit, and we pray that we would be continually filled with your Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit, God. Fill us with thankfulness, take away grumbling, complaining, worry, fear from our lives. Help us to be filled with faith and the fear of the Lord. Finally, God, in all of our relationships—for those who are married in their marriages, for those in families, for their family relationships—in all of our relationships, God, may we walk in the Spirit. May we be light in every relationship. May we expose any darkness and draw closer to you as we seek your kingdom first we thank you god for your word we thank you for what you're doing in our lives we thank you for what you're doing in our city the city of st louis and we thank you what you're doing in our nation of america in jesus name we pray amen If you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. We'll pray for you, offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are open 10 a.m. on Sundays, 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at give.lcstl.org. And next Sunday, we're continuing our message series, Live Out God's Purpose with the Message, Strong in the Lord. I invite you to join us then. God bless and have a great week.